Welcome to Fading Memories, a podcast with advice, wisdom, and hope from caregivers who have lived the experience and survived to tell the tale. Think of us as your caregiver best friend. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add fading memories in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. Is it even possible to find time in a chaotic caregiving schedule to decompress, to de-stress, and take care of yourself? Yoga practice is probably something you think you don't have time to start, but if you have five minutes, today's guest can show you ways to help relieve stress, anxiety, and more. As we know, controlling our stress and having time to relax and do things that we enjoy are crucial to our mental well-being as well as our physical and mental health. Caregivers owe it to themselves to find time to manage stress, relax, and bring peace and joy into our daily lives. After listening to today's guest, I'm sure you'll find a way to find those five or 10 minutes and make it a priority. Joining me today is Joe Bregnard. She has taken caregiving probably to the fourth degree. She <laughs> had health issues with herself, some serious issues with her husband and his health, a mom, and now she's doing some elder care for her father. And thankfully for us, she has lots of ideas on self-care, which we know we desperately need. So thanks for joining me, Joe. Sure. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So Joe is in Vermont and I am in California and we are experiencing vastly different types of weather today. <laughs> that is true. It's mud season here in Vermont. So it's cold and rainy and very muddy. <laughs> uh, yes. California forgot what rain is. Unfortunately, I think mm. I'm going to have to learn how to take, not to start using those rinseless wipes that are suggested for elders. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's well, an idea. <laughs> and then dry shampoo for my hair. Cause sure. <laughs> I'm afraid that might actually be our reality. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, oh. it's a great state, but uh, we're, we'll have a, a serious year of rain. And then we have like five years of like no rain. So that'll yeah. be very interesting. So why don't you tell us your story? Your caregiving journey began with yourself, correct? Yeah, it's funny. I guess I never really think about it that way. But yeah, (laughs) it's the thing that put all the rest of it into perspective, I guess you could say that. Um, I was diagnosed. Well, let me say this. My husband had his an issue before I even did. So actually, it did start with him. Um, In 2002, we were married in 2001. And in 2002, he was injured in a, um, a work accident. We both worked for light departments in Massachusetts. And he was a line worker working on a project and was not electrocuted, but was burned very severely. So really scary situation, Um, had to be med flighted to the hospital um, and they measure burns um, 
in this certain scale. So it was actually 27% of his body that he had burns on second and third degree. Um, and so, in, in the, of course, there's the initial shock and all that goes along with that. But then he had follow-up surgeries um, to release skin contractures as the skin heals and scars, it tightens, it restricts movement, it's really uncomfortable. Um, so it was a long process. So toward the end of his whole um, healing, which I was very much a part of because they pretty much send you home, sent me home, I should say, just my my story. Um, we had we did have a nurse come in and, and help take care, but I had to do dressing changes. Um, dressing changes had to happen twice a day, and I had to do at least one a day. And um, you know, I was scared at first, but then it was like, okay, I can I can do this. Like you just step up, right? You do what you have to do. So so in the kind of in the middle of his stuff. Um, he happened to be home between surgeries and we were walking outside in our garden, our, our poor neglected garden, because we were so busy doing everything else, um, taking care of him. That, and I was talking and I was gesturing to myself. And as I'm talking, I felt a lump in my breast as I'm talking to him using my hands. So I get checked out. Yes, I have breast cancer. So now it's the fall of the same year. Thankfully, he's home because he's recuperating. So he gets to take care of me now. Um, as I recuperated, I had a mastectomy and went through chemotherapy and thankfully I've been fine since then. Um, I did have, um, some, uh, tamoxifen therapy after that, but I am fine. Um, everything was going along great for several years. I just to stick this in here, I did start to get involved in yoga classes, which I really enjoyed. And it was my workout, hot, sweaty power classes, sometimes twice a day. Like I was just really into it. Um, and then my husband had some really serious heart issues, totally out of the blue, um, very unexpected, um, really serious. And of course we were dealing with that and, you know, everything comes to a screeching halt when there's an emergency. Um, and we thought he was on a trajectory to come back home, you know, serious had, had his surgery, um, his quadruple bypass surgery. And we thought, okay, everything's fine. He's going to come home. And I get a call in the middle of the night that he was coding and that they couldn't stop him from coding. Um, and now I was, um, we we're in the suburbs of Boston at that time and he was in a hospital in Boston. So they finally did um, get him back and um, maintain him under control, but they said, that's it. You're gonna get an implanted defibrillator and pacemaker. We're not gonna go through this again. So it took him time to come back from that. Yeah, it was really, it was a lot, you know, like you think you, you know, best laid plans. You have this plan. This is how it's going to go. And I know how everything's going to be. And it never goes that way. So, <laughs> so he came home and I was, you know, um, that's it 24 seven. I got to take care of this person. So, um, people would, you know, say to me, God, you know, try to get back to the studio, try to go out for a walk. No, no, no. I got to do, no, I have so much to do. I have things to do. So finally I did my, make my way back. And when I did, it was just like a big sigh of relief, you know, that there's space for me, that there's, there's time and a space for me. And there has to be, because when there's not, I fall apart. Um, and my practice changed a lot after that, because I didn't need the racing around. I had enough of that everywhere else. And I, you can get that in other places at the gym or walking or running or whatever. But, um, Let's see. So it was probably five or six years after that. Again, you know, life goes on. Everything's fine. I always say like, Dude, my life's kind of boring. And then my mom, <laughs> and then my mom um, got diagnosed with Alzheimer's. 
So, um, and they're in another state. So we're, again, we were in Massachusetts and they were in Connecticut, my, my mom and my dad. And my dad, thankfully, is very healthy and can handle everything. Um, but, you know, the decline happened. And, um, you know, right around t- uh, 2018, 2019, he was never asking for help, but, you know, we were seeing, we were seeing changes in her. Things started to get scary then. She um, was um, reading stuff on the wall like she'd stand in front of a blank wall or a, or a picture and she'd read as if she was reading something. And then she'd get really upset about it. Or she'd look at like a, her thing was like tissues and paper towels and Kleenexes. And she would, you know, stare at them for hours and hours and then be very upset. And like, there's, you can't even take anything away because there's nothing to take away. You know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. so hard. And, you know, we tried um, for months to get him to get inside help and he really didn't want anybody. And um, I was able to go on FMLA. I was still working full time at that point. Um, and that was great. I was traveling down a couple times a week, um, doing what I could do to help. And it was, then it was really getting challenging. It was getting challenging for him. He's 85, 86, trying to help her go to the bathroom and take a shower and stuff. He can't be doing that. And I mean, I could do it, but I can't be there all the time. So we were able to get some help a couple of days a week in. And then the decline just happened fast. So um, we did have her go into a nursing home in 2019 after the years are so crazy. Yeah, 2019, This because la- this last year like evaporated. So, um, and then she did pass on New Year's Day this, this year, 2021 um, with COVID. So um, yeah, she did, you know, she did decline it was a little confusing. Did she pass from Alzheimer's from COVID? You know, they don't really, I guess, get into the details that much, but um, her situation had gotten much worse anyway. Um, then it had stayed out of her home for a long time. And then right in December, it it ran rampant through the home. So, so now my dad is on his own. Um, you know, he in addition to caring for her, both of us caring for her, there was a thing with him because I saw him being the caregiver, not getting any rest for the whole time that she was in the home. So um, now, you know, I call him twice a day and with COVID, I can only go down every other week because I have to quarantine as I travel back and forth from one state to the next. He's fully vaccinated now. I get my first um, in a couple of weeks. So hopefully we will get there soon. But yeah, it's been a lot. So <laughs> I'm just tired just listening to that whole story. <laughs> it's been a lot. But yeah, I get, and I guess the point is I got to see the caregiving right from both sides. I it was it to me it was much harder to watch somebody else go through something and to struggle with them cuz you can't help the, you can't solve everything. Whereas if it's it's you um I don't know. I, I felt like I could put it aside. Maybe it's different for other people, but the harder part for me was caring for somebody else. And, you know, in between all of that, I got my yoga certifications um, and everyone thought, oh, well, you know, yoga for cancer will be your specialty, right? You know, I practice without my breast form. I, I teach without my breast form. Um, and I said, no, I think I want to work with caregivers. They're the people that, not that the, the people who have cancer don't need it, but they have a lot of resources. And caregivers, I don't know, people forget about them and it's hard. So I really wanted to to be there to support that population. Which is fantastic. I find two things, especially with Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia, 
when you realize my person needs more help, they need me to pay more attention, to do more things. It's not that difficult. You know, you, if like my mom, we had a family business together and I would have, she would forget to write details on orders, which was really frustrating. And I would hear her basically chewing the fat with a client and I would basically poke my head in and like, oh, so what are we doing for Joe today? And, and kind of insert myself into the conversation. That was my hopefully subtle way of making sure that I knew what was going on and kind of connecting with the client so that it just kind of let me like supervise the whole thing mm. without being like supervisory. Right. And it was challenging, especially when, if I, cause we had a photography studio. So if I was in doing portraits and she talked to, I mean, she could talk to a client for an hour while I was doing all that stuff. And, you know, and then I come out and it's like, Oh, what are we doing for this person? Now I have to call them. Um, you know, and it just, it got, I didn't realize how stressful it was until my dad announced. I knew our lease was up in 2005, but it was the fall. And he was always battling with the landlords who, you know, they were, they were typical commercial landlords, pay rent, shut up and don't ask for anything. Mm. And so he always had some battle with him, which, you know, life is already complicated enough. I didn't think that that was a healthy, <laughs> healthy way to proceed through life. So we kind of had a rapid escalation of them retiring. And I think part of it was because of my mom and he, he had chronic health issues. So, you know, you, you're taking care of somebody and the next thing you know, you're up to your neck and holy crap, I, you know, don't, I need help. Or you end up with a medical crisis, either them or you, something happens. And then you like, oh, maybe I should get some help. And it's like, oh, well, now yeah. it's kind of late. Yeah. So I but always tell people, you know, when your loved one gets a diagnosis or when you suspect, cause like my mom was mid stage before we actually got an official diagnosis because she was on the denial path. Mm. When you know, there's a problem, put a care team together. One for, you know, like, and a lot of people are like, well, you know, my wife doesn't want other people in the house. Well, that's yep. great. You can yep. hire, you know, get your, especially after the, the 2020, you know, you can have groceries delivered mm. and you Good can, point you know, hire a housekeeper. So what I suggest people do is make a list of tasks that have to get done every day and set it aside for a day or so, add to it as, you know, new things come up and maybe, you know, you add to it for a week so that an entire week of basically maintaining your life is jotted down. And then look at it and go, what can I outsource? Grocery shopping, um, you know, that's not that difficult. You can order them online. They bring them to the door. It's great. Maybe like my dad wasn't a cook. So my sister put together like slow cooker meals that were in the freezer. So it was literally like dump, turn on the slow cooker. You're done, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And it's also kind of safer because slow cookers don't sure. pose the safety risk of a stove and all those things with Alzheimer's. So I'm always telling people there's ways of getting help mm -hmm. that don't include, you know, it's like, you may not want to do all the hands-on stuff, but if somebody else is taking care of your yard and your grocery shopping and your cooking, then you can do the hands-on stuff right? and ease your person into accepting help. But so many people right. don't ask for help until it's too late and it makes me insane. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, you know, there's nothing you can do when they when they don't want to do it either. I, and so I would go down and I would be with my mom while my dad would 
go to the doctor and do his errands and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, they tried to do that with um, earlier with some neighbors and my mother had this, you know, big pride thing. I don't need a babysitter. And it was a, it was a bad scene. So, um, so this way it was more like I was visiting with her, you know, so it was a little different. Um, and then by that time too, she was a, a, very, a lot less aware than she had been previously. So, yeah. So, so your situation perfectly, I'm not sure what the right word is, but it perfectly demonstrates what I'm suggesting is like, have people do all the other stuff on the periphery right. yes. and that way it doesn't look like you're bringing in a babysitter. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because by the time we had to, we had to, like we needed somebody there to to do that other stuff with her. But yeah, we tried to make it, you know, be as um, non-disruptive as possible, but it's, it's hard and every day is different and, you know, all of that stuff. And I got to see, because I was coming from out of state and I stayed over, I got to see a lot of stuff that a lot of other people didn't see, you know, everyone, they would see her at a dinner and they'd say, oh, she's fine, you know, for a couple of hours sitting next to my dad. And I'd say, we, we go home and I'll go to bed and I can hear her because her thing was um, the schedule, keeping the calendar. And, and she, for, for an hour, she'd say to my dad, what time is Joanne leaving tomorrow? What time am I going? Where are you going to be? What are we going to eat? When are we going to? And then it would stop and then it would start again, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, you know, we all have our stories, right? How they yeah. Go. Well, and I try to demonstrate and I being not a millennial. I didn't do a lot of like video, like I watched Instagram stories about, you know, daughters taking care of moms or granddaughters taking care of grandmas and, you know, man, they record everything. I'm like, my mother would have murdered me like for what oh. little bit I did record. <laughs> but I have some examples of what like advanced Alzheimer's looks like. She would walk behind me. I mean, I must have looked like the biggest jerk. We always went to the park to watch kids. That's what she did. That's what. That's what made visiting with her mentally doable for me. Because if I didn't, she would literally ask me every two minutes. So what have you been up to lately? Oh, so what have you yeah. been up to lately? And yeah. it was, I mean, it almost sounded like a parrot. Yeah. And, you know, once you, I, I would always visit on Mondays. And this was back in the old days. I would go to the gym and then I'd go home and shower and dress and go to my rotary meeting. And then I would go and visit her. So when she'd ask the question, I would basically, I would answer first. Oh, I went to the gym and did X. Then she'd ask me again, oh, well, we, I had our rotary meeting. And then she'd ask me a third time, well, at rotary today, so-and-so talked about X. And then the fourth time, well, I went to the gym and then I went to rotary and now I'm here visiting with you. And then the fifth time, well, you know, I've been busy this morning, but I decided to come and spend the afternoon with you. <laughs> yes. and then it's like, well, now I've run out of things to say. <laughs> right. And I was like, holy right. crap. You know, I've like piece parsed my life into little tidbits and it's still not enough. So we would mm. go to the park, but she would walk behind me like, significantly 20 or 30 feet and if i slowed down she would slow down oh, and she'd watch her feet so she she was absolutely a hundred percent ambulatory she didn't have any balance issues but she would avoid shadows or any place oh. where the sidewalk was like if you know the sprinklers had gotten part of it wet she would try to avoid that she would try to avoid stepping on her own shadow which was hysterical but frustrating because cannot no. avoid your own shadow try it yeah. it's not possible yeah and you know it's like that it's not just memory loss people you know like one day i showed up and she she was telling me as we were getting ready to leave she said, i gotta go to the bathroom okay and they had a like public bathroom in the memory care and so i would open the door and go okay here you go 
And then she'd stare at me like, what am I supposed to do? And here I'm like, okay, great. We're at that point today. Okay. So then I would escort her in and basically verbally walk her through it. And then literally the next week she's standing there and I'm like, oh, great. If because she was fumbling with her clothes. I'm like, if I help her with her clothes, she's going to scratch me. Cause that oh, was, she got yeah. really combative and with claw people. Uh, and I was like, so I like literally pulled her pants down and thankfully and I have kind of crap knees, so I can't like squat all the way down like 20 somethings. And I was just, I was just waiting for it, but she thankfully didn't. And then we left and we went to the park and it was a nice afternoon, but yikes, you know, it's just, yeah. and she was, I laugh now because she would literally take about four feet of toilet paper and accordion fold it and then lock it in her hand and she had it stuffed everywhere in her purse in her dresser drawers you know not that she would have mm-hmm. used it during the height of the uh, toilet paper shortage last year but <laughs> i mean it was clean but you know it had been handled i was just like crazy weird it's like yeah why are you you know like we were going to the dentist one day and i was desperately trying her to get her to throw away this four feet of folded toilet paper that was just like locked into her fist and she and i'm like what's in your hand she's like what hand and she's like looking at the one that this, <laughs> i'm like oh my god uh, this is like yeah you know and you were talking about you weren't sure if it was covid or alzheimer's or the alzheimer's made the covid worse or vice versa when my right. mom passed away and i got her death certificate i pulled it out because i was like this thing is going to say this woman died from alzheimer's because that is what she died from. She fell mm-hmm. and broke her leg. So she technically stopped eating and drinking. So the first line of the cause of death was medical terms I had to look up on Google <laughs> that basically mm. said she died from not eating or drinking as a result of advanced Alzheimer's. I'm like, good. Now I don't got to fight with the county to get this corrected because to me, it's a historical document. Mm, yeah. She died of X when she had Alzheimer's for 20 years. I mean, it's like, Right. You know, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. They were saying, well, if somebody's hit by a bus and they, but they were marking it down, they died from COVID. I'm like, well, yeah, we're going to make sure her death certificate is correct. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yep. what, so you've used yoga as your self care. How, so tell me how you share that with caregivers and how it can benefit caregivers. I know personally, I need to do, I need to do slightly uh, more heart pounding workouts and I've mm-hmm. done power yoga. I have to get back into that a little more um, just because it's a stress release. It's like, mm-hmm. if I don't do a workout five, six days a week, I get really nasty. It's not very mm-hmm. <laughs> There, We definitely need to move and have um, a cardiovascular workout for sure. Right. So, but what has happened with me is I ended up shifting away from getting that in the yoga studio because I did, couldn't always get there, right? It was easier to just walk or run or something outside. But what ended up happening was because I was, um, how I got specifically here talking to you today <laughs> is because I was driving back and forth so much. I mean, I was so busy to, um, during you know 2019, especially working full time, traveling to, once or twice a week to see my parents and keeping everything you know, and teaching. And and this business was, you know, just a side thing at that time. Um, Keeping everything going. It was a lot. I always say the caregivers, they have um, their own life and then they have to manage somebody else's life. Because a lot of times when you're caring for somebody else, depending on what their situation is, 
uh, you're their brain for like their calendar and their finances and everything else. So you're living two lives. This is a lot to manage. One is hard enough. So, um, (laughs) so I was just not taking care of myself. You know, I was, I was, I thought I had it all down because I would get my, you know, Starbucks and I would have my granola bar and I had a whole routine and I would stop and go to the store and pick up whatever they needed and pick up whatever I needed. And, and I had this down and I was so proud of myself, but then I just realized that it was a little bit of a treadmill <laughs> and it was not a healthy situation for me. I had no idea what was going on. Like the, the seasons were changing. I didn't know, like, re- except for, do, am I turning my headlights on sooner on this drive or, you know, is it raining? That's about it in terms of what I knew what was going on with the weather and everything else. So I was missing out on, on a lot of stuff. And instead of denying myself, I said, I can't, like, you can do that for a couple of weeks or a couple of months if you have to, right? There's an emergency in your family, you will do what you need to do. But that is not a long-term sustainable way to live at all. You're going to burn out and then you're going to crash and burn. And then nobody has help because you're not available to do anything. So, you know, what I wanted to do was work with people and say, let's try to find little spaces during your day where you can take a breath, where you can close your eyes for a minute and collect your thoughts. Um, cause I found, you know, with this whole routine that I had driving and everything, um, I would, I'd say, ah, oh, this is great. I'm getting everything done. And then I'd say, oh my gosh, I, I'm so like doing so much that I forgot to do this really basic thing. I forgot to pick up the main thing I went to the store for or whatever it might be because we're scattered, right? We don't, we're not focused or centered. So, um, that's what I wanted to do is bring those opportunities to people because you don't need an hour. You don't even need a half hour. If you have the ability to take, you know, one breath, and I mean like to go behind the bathroom door, because sometimes that's what you need to do, right? For Because you can't leave your person alone. And maybe it's when their back is turned for one second that you could close your eyes and take a mindful breath that you can gather yourself a little bit and to work that into your day. Because that's another thing too. If you try to save up your um, your movement practice or the time that you're really going to focus on yourself for when you can do it, you're lucky if you get it in once a week or so. So why not kind of pepper it throughout your day when you can, when you have a moment or two um, and do it that way. And then, you know, you sometimes, cause I've been there too, there are days that you don't even have the ability to do that, but I'm trying to find some different things that work for people, things that work for me. And I think they work for other people too. I'm sitting right next to um, my, favorite fuzzy blanket here. And it's reminding me about, um, as I was folding the laundry a couple of weeks ago, I hate folding laundry. It's just like, it's in the basket. And uh, I I didn't, cause folding, it means putting it away. And, uh, and, um, I, I said, how can I make this a better exercise? I usually empty the dishwasher when I call my dad in the morning and at night, because I, I, that's another task I don't like doing. So I'm distracted. And then Then by the time I hang up with him, it's done. And it wasn't like, didn't take anything away from my day. So folding this basket of laundry, I just thought, oh, my favorite fuzzy sweater. Like, I love this fuzzy sweater. It got me through so much this winter. And, you know, when I just look at it, I say, oh, I'm going to have that kind of day today. You know, sweatpants, my fuzzy sweater. And then I had my husband's jeans and they, you know, the belt loops are all pulled off and there's holes in them, but they're like, they're rough compared to my fuzzy sweater. And it was like, you know, these jeans protect him as he works outside. And, you know, every piece of clothing had a story. And I had a moment to just think about 
and be grateful for this clothing that protects us every day. And even an exercise like that can help you because if every task you do for yourself and then as your caregiver is something you're just trying to check off and get off the list, like that's a hard life. For Again, we can do it for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but that's just a hard way to live long, time, long, long term. So these are like the, the different little opportunities that we look for. So what I'm offering right now, I have a, um, a membership that involves yoga, mindfulness, um, breath work, hand postures. I really like hand postures because they're things that you can do while you're like sitting watching TV with your person or, or accompanying them somewhere at the waiting at the doctor's office or things like that. Um, and there are live and recorded movement classes. Um, as you might imagine with yoga, but then there are also off the mat classes that are things that you can do anywhere that are little interesting practices that can bring a sense of calm and centering to your day. And then we also have um, the community, as it turned out this past year, I wasn't expecting this, but with everyone being locked in and not being able to do much, they were missing a sense of community. So my members wanted to get together and have, um, we have a book club now, monthly book club, and we also have just a meetup where we just get together and talk on a specific topic. So most of the people I work with, um, I have people taking care of their parents, teachers, right? Our caregivers, we forget about that. Parents, um, there's really all manner of, um, of people, all with little different individual situations, but we all have the same thing in common. So yeah, it's nice. Everybody's caregiving journey is different, but there's just a common thread. And I like what you're suggesting where you pepper in little mindfulness or movement practices throughout your day. Cause the mental visualization I got was like, that's like a release valve because I know it did not. Well, first off, my mom thought I was her best friend, which was totally fine. You know, it's like I had lost a ton of weight. So I had suspected that the person that she remembered wasn't the person that I looked like anymore. So I had sort of an, a little bit more of a gentle easing into knowing that she didn't remember who I was, how our relationship was, mm. but you know, being her best friend, that's uh, can't complain about that one, but she was still so good about pushing that nerve button. Like, mm. I know you wouldn't do this to your friend. Like, why are you doing that? I'm your friend. Like, used to drive <laughs> me crazy. And so there was still somehow that, that mother daughter, like relationship that just like, oh, interesting. Uh, you know, so when we were at the park and she'd be a little bit weird or say something that just was like baffling, it was easy enough to just like put my head back on the bench and look at the trees and the sky and take deep breaths and like listen to like close your eyes and listen to the kids playing and listen to what's going on. And it was always relaxing. And I'm thinking, man, I really should have tried some yoga while my mom was watching kids. <laughs> but you did because you had it off the mat. That's your time off the mat. Because we don't always have the ability to have, you know, specific set aside time off the mat. I, I always used to say um, when I was staying over there that I, I'll do something right before I go to bed. I'd be exhausted, right? You know, the the day, you're tired at the end of the day. And that's what ends up happening too, is you're so tired that, um, then you're like wound up and can't sleep. That sometimes happens, or you, you're just dropping to bed. Like there's no way that you can do anything. And for the for the first problem where your your body is still, but everything else is churning, we also do um, a yoga nidra practice, 
which is a, a guided meditation for relaxation. Um, it's, it's considered like yogic sleep and it brings you into a state between um, being awake and being asleep, just a really, really relaxed state. And it's a nice way to drift off into sleep if you're having trouble going there. So that's um, a practice that we do once a month as well. So, yeah. So what other off the mat techniques can you describe audibly? Because we are going to do a little practice that you guys are going to have to catch on YouTube mm -hmm. um, because this is audio. <laughs> Even though Joe <laughs> and I can see each other just fine through Zoom. But what other suggestions? Because I always, when I'm, if I'm making dinner, emptying the dishwasher, holding clothes, doing chores, I listen to podcasts. So yes. you yes. find other things to do, which I'm going to try because... Mm -hmm. As soon as I put my earbuds in, because my hair is long enough, my husband will come in and start, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, earbuds in. He's like, oh, I can't see them. I'm like, they're white. My hair is not covering my ears completely. It's like, I swear. <laughs> he hasn't had enough outside time in the last year. He's driving me bananas. Mm. Um, but you were talking about, in a related note, you were talking about how, you know, we're just kind of like checking off the to-do list constantly. And I have had to step back from that. I am a very organized, very planning kind of person. So 2020 was hell because you couldn't plan practically past today, which was right. really hard for me. And I got into a routine and I've gotten into a routine so I can do all the things that I want. But then I started finding it's like, but I want to do X, but I'm also, I need to do Y. And, and I was starting to like stress myself out trying to do everything that I wanted to do. I'm like, okay, I just need to like chill. Yeah. Like, yeah. No to-do list on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've started doing that too. I've um, started unplugging on Friday nights and going light for the rest of the weekend. Um, I tell my dad, you know, obviously I will look at my phone make sure that you haven't called or anything. Um, I, I silence it. I don't turn it off. Um, but it's been really nice because just to get away from all the, all the stuff that's really not that important. I mean, you, when I do that, I end up making a little mental priority list. Obviously, if he called, you know, that would be something that I would answer and, and address. But, you know, the other notifications that my favorite book is now available or that, you know, somebody posted on Facebook, like I don't, that's not stuff that I need to respond to right away. So it takes, it takes a load off for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, I think one of the we'll do a couple, we're gonna build a couple right into the um the on the map practice as well. But again, I try to find the ones that, that you can kind of do in front of other people, because sometimes you don't have the ability to get behind a closed door or a quiet moment in the, during a day. If you do take advantage of it, but you know, just something as simple as placing your hand on your heart and you can put one hand on top of the other hand. And I mean, my eyes automatically want to close when I do that. And if you're in a place where your person's safe and you're safe and you can close your eyes and tune in to what's going on inside because you know you described it perfectly where everything's going on around us and i think as caregivers we become the planner and the appointment maker and and the caretaker and the cleaner and the cooker and and we have all these other labels and we forget like what's who we are like before we came into this whole role and that gesture and and especially being able to close my eyes brings me back to that place that's under my hands to you know that little inner spark that's always there and i said oh yeah that's right i'm still in here i'm still in here 
I've got to do these other things today. These other things don't define me um, because I, I know too, at different times during caregiving, we can get really resentful, right? That we have to do all this stuff and our person might not appreciate it um, or they might not even know that we're doing it or other people might not appreciate it because not only are we dealing with the, our person, but everybody else who's got their own feedback about how, how well or not well we do our job. Um, so it can be a lot. And I, I find that that brings me back to me. Something like that brings me back. That sounds lovely. Well, that one of the other things I try to tell caregivers and I mentioned it and I don't know if you caught it. My mom had Alzheimer's for 20 years. And when you start and it's not so hard and you make some adjustments and then, you know, it's been three years, it's been five years and now you're neck deep in all of that stuff that you just mentioned. This is why I tell people they need to learn all of these things. You know, life is for the living. And yes, you need to take care of them, but you need to take care of yourself or else you will not be any good to yourself when they're gone. Right. Or worse, I think it's 65% of caregivers end up hospitalized or dead before the person they're caring for yeah. because they don't take care of themselves. They put off medical appointments. The stress, the mental and physical stress is so great that their body just says, I'm done. Right. right. And we, you know, we can't do that to ourselves. I mean, my maternal grandfather always said, you don't get out of this life alive. And I am not suggesting that somebody with Alzheimer's or cancer or heart problems is less than us, but we can't make us less than them. And I see that right. a lot. Yes. Yes. And so, exactly. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's, and it's a really difficult thing to balance. So I'm mm -hmm. like, I like that you said, you know, just put your hand on your heart and breathe. I mean, you can do that while you're sitting on, on the toilet or something, which it's a little weird, but it's okay. Whatever you got to <laughs> <It's>, do. <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, my friend Colleen has a great movement exercise while you're sitting on the toilet. I mean, I just, I, again, you find this, this, these pieces of, uh, time that you have because some days you just don't have it and go for it. I love that. I, I, like the practices too, that you can do like sitting in a car, you know, uh, at a stoplight where you're not, maybe not closing your eyes or anything, yeah. or in between, you know, you're running an errand because that, that's, you know, I'd be running these errands to go to my parents' house. And I'd have, I probably had the opportunity at that time, a minute in the car before I started it to do something, you know? So that's the, those are the types of things that we're looking for. So what, what would you do for that quick minute in the car before you dash to the next shop? So um, if the weather was favorable, I would definitely roll down the window. The, the air, and actually, before you get in the car, I mean, if it's really nice out, if it's like where you live and you can be out in the air, um, being out with sunlight hitting your closed eyelids is, is so good for you. Um, you know, vitamin D aside, just the mental um, reset that that offers is really wonderful. And I mean, I, I think I might, you wouldn't even, I was going to say, I'd put my seat back. You wouldn't need to do that because somebody's going to say, you know, I don't, I don't know how my seat is organized and I wouldn't want to be able to put it back in the same, in the same place. And I get that. So I wouldn't even put my seat um, back, but I would put the um, window down and I would just close my eyes for just a moment. And we're going to do a, um, a hand posture, um, a, a mudra, a hand gesture um, during our, our practice. And there are so, so many that you can do. And there, there are things that you find that you do with your hands anyway. 
And one of my favorites is this one. I can show it to you this way. My two hands are together, like, like a prayer, right? My two hands are together. But then if I make some space between them and bring the thumbs together, the length of the thumbs together, and then just rest that in my lap, like you're, that's a pretty comfortable um, position for your hands. This is um, a hand posture for balance. Mm. And maybe, uh, you know, on that day where you're racing around, your life is way um, weighted too much in the rushing and in the giving end of things. And something like this, bringing your hands together like this in your lap, like even if somebody saw you, they don't, they don't know what you're doing. And you could close your eyes if that felt great. And you could just sit for a moment and think about feeling each of these fingertips touching every other fingertip and how there's equal pressure from one side to the other. And rest right in that balance just for a moment because maybe that's the only moment of balance you get in your whole day right but you had that you had that it sounds terrific yeah so are we yeah. ready to move on to part two i think so okay i think well, so this has yeah. been fantastic and for those of you who are listening all of the stuff we're about to do next will be on the youtube channel because this is not something that she can demonstrate verbally so we're trying something a little different today. I do have a friend that's really trying to get me to do live stream podcasts. But as I was telling Joe before we started recording, my husband and I are trying to take a three-week road trip this summer. And I don't want to be tied down to a specific date time to do stuff. So Right. Well, that's the beauty of all this online stuff, right? Whether it's your people listening my people participating in my classes as well. That's the whole point. You can take them in the middle of the night. If you're awake, you can listen to a podcast, no matter what you're doing. That's mm -hmm. the beauty, really wonderful opportunity for that's, us. That's one of the reasons that I started the podcast. A lot of people do know this, but for your benefit, I was searching for ways to connect and have better visits with my mom, because as we were talking about earlier, she'd asked me the same questions so I wanted to pound my head on the wall, which is definitely not good for my brain. And yeah. I am a reader, love to read, but you can only read books on caregiving for, I mean, first off, you're trying to absorb the information. And secondly, it's just, it's a lot, it's heavy. And so it would take weeks to, or, you know, maybe not weeks, plural, but to a couple, two or three weeks to get through one book, whereas normally a fiction book, I would read it in a week or less. And one day I was at the gym back in the old days and I had this, you know, it's called a flathead moment when you smack yourself on the head and go, duh, why didn't I think of that earlier? And I, because I can't see without glasses, I waited till I got home and went on my computer and looked for a podcast for Alzheimer's caregivers. And this was late 2017 and there was one. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, it's hard, kind of depends on which way you want to look at it. It was not my cup of tea. And I was listening to one called Side Hustle School. It was literally 10 to 12 minutes, which is exactly how long it took me to get to the gym. And they did a bonus episode on starting your own podcast. So I was like, well, I think I could do that. <laughs> and here we are. We're about, well, your episode will air in season four, which starts in May. Wow. But yeah, and I have a whole crate full of Alzheimer's books. And I do read through them and look through them still. But I have learned so much from my guests, even in this last year, since my mom's passed away, I've learned a lot. And I'm like, well, if I'm still learning things, mm. then my listeners are learning things. And so I love to bring 
the unique everybody's unique story. Like, obviously, I've not talked to somebody who's been through your specific <laughs> challenges, which okay. is probably a good thing. Um, I'm sure you don't wish that on too, too many no. people. <laughs> and it sounds like everybody's doing OK, yes. uh, except for mom. But, you know, right. that's like I said, we don't all get out of this life alive. You know, right. she 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 didn't she didn't die at you know young age. So that's good. Yes. And, that's true. you know, everybody it's, I'm always surprised at how people who've gone through this caregiving experience create something new yoga for caregivers, apps, books, podcasts, missing something, but you get the point. Everything, everything. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. And if we can help each other, I, I think um, that's meaningful because I, I think we all have a idea of what it's going to be like, and then we go through it and it's not the way we thought it. You're like, yeah, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, and who, who else are you going to talk to? Cause a lot of times, you know, um, people who, who aren't familiar with this, they don't understand they, and they don't appreciate all that we have to do. So yeah, it's nice to have, to have that community. Well, terrific. Okay. So this ends the audio podcast. There is a link in the show notes to the YouTube video that we're going to create now, but I'm speaking in the future now. <laughs> That's a real brain twist because I plan things into the future and then somebody will say, they'll ask me a question. I'm like, oh, this week's episode is on X. Oh, no, wait, that's two weeks from now. <laughs> yes, right. Because <laughs> I have to bring myself back to like today. Mm-hmm. And with this pandemic, it's like this week has been a little weird. And so I keep thinking thought yesterday was Friday and I thought today is Friday. No, today is not Friday. Today is Thursday. <laughs> it's been very, a very weird year. I'll be very glad when we can have some normalcy. I'm not going back to the gym. We have a Peloton, which they do have yoga classes, which I've done. Great. But I'm looking forward to like rotary meetings outside mm-hmm. where somebody else brings food and not on Zooms. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that there, again, there's a, a lot of real estate between being on Zoom hundred percent and the way we were and, and with the weather getting nicer for everybody that that's doable for sure. That is true. Yeah. And I, I just read a really interesting article and I'm going to throw this out there because I think everybody should think about this is the disability community has benefited tremendously from so much of our lives going mm-hmm. online because it's accessible. Whereas a lot of buildings, restaurants, hotels, whatever, not necessarily accessible and traveling with a, a, helper is challenge, you know, it's just, it just erases a lot of their challenges. So I'm hoping like, I know my Alzheimer's caregiver support group, a lot of people have said, when we go back to in-person, can we also do the streaming? Because sometimes it's just really hard to get out of the house. Yes. Yeah. And well, it would be, yeah. Inclement weather. Like there's so many reasons. Yeah. 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 We haven't had inclement weather this year in California. <laughs> Other places, people who who watch or or participate from far away, right? Or yep. or the, they have a situation in their house where they can't leave, you know? Yeah, so. or just you're just tired because it's been a rough day, but you need to talk to somebody, you know? Yeah. It's a great option. I've gotten really in the habit of doing like listening to the Rotary meetings and doing stuff on my computer. So it's been really, <laughs> you know, there's some benefit. I don't know if like that multitasking is good for my brain, but. You know, or you could put your earbuds in and wander around the house with old clothes. Yes. Or yes. walk the dog. I walked the dog during a meeting once. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Or the dogs got more than one. So. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate this. 
you guys definitely check out the YouTube video because you know it's going to be like tons and tons of help for all of us caregivers. Yeah, thank you. You're Thanks welcome. so much for this opportunity. Yeah, so I'll see you in a little bit. Okie dokie. <laughs> My YouTube channel is linked in the show notes. Just scroll on down and click on it and you'll ta be taken right to the channel and you'll be able to see exactly what Joe demonstrates for caregivers. And if you need a little extra inspiration for tuning into that one, I am disturbed by a cute little fuzzy family member and you will see how Joe rolls right through this interruption, keeps going because it demonstrates how she would help you deal with an interruption from a loved one that isn't cute and fuzzy. While you're over there, make sure to subscribe and you might even want to hit the little bell icon so you get notified of whenever I upload new videos, which do happen to be every week. But occasionally I do share some bonus content that is video only. So never know. I'm always surprising myself. So surprising you as well. Coming up next week is my very first episode with my second new co-host. You've heard from him before, Dr. Christopher Howard, and we are debuting the Neuro Power Hour. And we're going to be talking about food as a way of helping support brain health. You are totally not going to want to miss that. And then actually I'm taking the week off for Memorial Day because this gal has put out a ton of episodes in the last three plus years. Time for a little break and it'll give you a chance to get caught up on anything you need to re-listen to or anything you might have missed. So make sure you take care of that. After the break, we are going to have two fantastic episodes, one on a study that will help you learn positive coping skills, and the other one is on EFT, and you're just going to have to tune in and find out what that means beyond electronic fund transfer, because that's not what it is. Once again, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday.